Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Hangouts and Headlines, September 12th, 2022. It's a Monday. We're pretending it's a Friday. We didn't have a very casual Friday last Friday, let's be honest. So we're having a little bit more of a casual Friday this morning, including a new feature I'm kind of toying with. Let me know how you like it. We're going to ask a poll question to start the episode just to get the juices flowing, to get everybody interested and hanging out, having fun. And our first poll question is this. should be going up right now. What's your favorite DC Universe movie? Now, we're not counting the absolutely wonderful Dark Knight trilogy. That's before the DC Universe really started to try to be a thing when Marvel had taken over. And I did include an option here to say other. So if you do have an other, you know, let me know what that is. Let me know what you think in the in the comments. Uh, and while you're getting limber, getting ready, answering poll questions, having a fun time this morning, I do want to welcome in Kurt from Uncivil Law, who might not even know that I noticed him down there because I came in so you, hot. You, you didn't acknowledge me in any way. I yeah, didn't acknowledge I, I you, noticed. I did yeah. see you. No. It was because it was I, I, I showed up in the studio here. And I think it said 47 seconds. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And I said, you know what? All right. We're just going to roll through it. Kurt, I see you. We're just going to come on in. We've done well, this before. It's nice to felt. It's nice to finally felt seen. I'll tell you that. Yes. You yes. feel seen now. Uh, I did. I was just like, I can't get into a conversation with Kurt. We're just going to roll through this uh, and we'll get into a conversation live. Right. Like nothing Excellent. ever happens there. That's no, it's no big issue. Um, but yeah, I'm still closing down buttons and things here because, hey, it's. It's that kind of morning. It's a Monday, folks. Uh, we're getting a, a little love here at the top for Wonder Woman. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen all of these that I put up here? Have you seen the DCU, Kurt? No, 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 not at all. No, I don't. I, no, I don't. I don't really watch any of these superhero movies anymore. I haven't watched any of these movies for quite a while. I, I watched like OG Spider Man. I watched The Dark Knight, and I have really not watched anything of any of these universes because it just felt like so much and I just couldn't be bothered. So, I mean, that's a hot take for you. Yeah. It's no. just an honest take though. Yeah. I, I, mean, I don't know if that's a hot take. That's just a description of your, your, uh, your, you're watching these movies. Well, let me ask you this then Kurt, as a separate question, um, comic book movies, the MCU, the, the DCU, which doesn't really exist. Um, kind of suck the oxygen. Out of, out of blockbuster movies, like if you're not watching those, are you feeling like there isn't enough fun stuff to watch in terms of the high budget uh, blockbuster type film? I enjoyed Maverick. Yes. Yes. Maverick. Very. Is, very Ma well is Maverick of, part of the of DC people. universe? I like that one. Can I vote for Maverick as my favorite DC universe movie? Well, it is. It is a little bit unrealistic. It does have a comic book vibe to it. Um, so, you know, maybe. Maybe your favorite hero can be uh, Rooster um, or, or something along those lines. There but uh, no, no. And, and Maverick is one of those that I think is actually going to be looked at by the big giant studios as, hmm, that made a lot more money than we thought. And Thor, Love and Thunder didn't and that <laughs> kind of thing. So let's hopefully let's hopefully it will inspire movies that are akin to maverick as opposed to being a maverick cinematic universe i i'm not sure i could tolerate that either well we're definitely getting a top gun cinematic universe i mean like there's gonna be another oh, top Lord. gun. i don't know how long tom cruise is gonna keep doing it but um they're not gonna no no studio on earth just said wow that was our most successful movie of all time let's just put that in a box and 
send it home. That is that is not happening. Uh, so we can only hope that whatever Top Gun three is, uh, it is it is okay. Uh, but yeah, there's a couple of directions this can go, Kurt. So like, if you if you're a studio and you're not Paramount, you're not Skydance, and you see what Top Gun Maverick just did. Um, you know, what lesson are you taking from that? What kind of movies are you making? Do they are they all fighter jet movies? Is is Hollywood gonna take as the lesson what we need is dogfighting air combat movies and we're gonna have just a ridiculous I'm hoping the lesson that Hollywood is taking from this is that it's okay to be pro-American. It's okay to think the United States is good. It's okay to have characters who are competent. So you and chalk just, up some of Maverick's success here to a kind of patriotism fig- uh, the item. Is that is that yeah. would you say that? Yeah, that 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 we are actually as a country okay, and it's okay to be pro America, USA, USA. See, which it's I funny. Think I don't. A, which is a particularly appropriate message, I suppose. Today, um, you know, is the anniversary of nine eleven was yesterday. It's okay mm-hmm. to remember that the United States is a good country, and it's okay to be pro American. There's a giant American flag in Maverick, so I'm not going to dispute that. Um, what I will say is, I, just in my head, I don't think of Maverick, and this might be because they do take such careful pains to, to like not say what country they're in, mm-hmm. where they're going to, all these various things. It's and even I don't know if you watch, you know, at the end it's of that Iran. movie, well, they've got a logo. Well, they've got a logo that's like nothing, but it's also kind of a few things. Uh, on some of the enemy planes. And it's like, well, that's interesting. And I like that. I, I'm of the feeling that what people like and that the MCU has discounted at least a little bit is big damn heroes. Mm-hmm. I, and that's like, a, that's like a genre that I have talked about a lot. That's what I talked about with respect to The Last Jedi. That's what I've talked about with the MCU. And you might think, well, you know, the MCU, Rick, has, has big damn heroes. And they do very often. But one of the things, oh my goodness, early morning, Nate, the lawyer. How you doing, Nate? Hey, good morning. I'm, I want to make sure my mic is not too hot. So, oh no, I just, you I guys... just mute you, man. It's no, it's no problem. <laughs> you got? I'm not, I'm not coming in too hot because this mic is usually too hot. So I'm just concerned. No, I don't think so. You've actually got a you got a, a morning ASMR quality to you. Yeah, right? there's a very all ASMR. right. Yeah. yeah, no, but I was trying to like to to not you know come in. Hey, what's going on? The blow everybody's ears out. But all right, so now I'm ASMR. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. What's going sure. on? The, the boys are back in town. How are you guys doing this morning? Right. Oh, we're having fun. Yeah. No, I, I was just telling Kurt. I was just telling our audience here that I skipped Casual Friday and I missed it. So what we do here, Nate, if you don't know, is we take the we take the most casual articles and we push them to Friday, and then we talk about nonsense like comic book movies and, and streaming services and things like that. We talk about more serious stuff on other days. And what I did on Friday was an episode on Cloudflare uh, and Kiwi Farms, uh, and that became a very long conversation about uh, policing the internet and 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 freedom of association and freedom of speech structures and things like that. I think it was a great episode. I'm very proud of it. Mm-hmm. It was not what anyone would describe as a casual Friday. <laughs> no, it wound up being a little intense. So, yeah, it sounds like a pretty intense Friday. Freedom of speech, freedom of expression, the right to express hateful thoughts, which is a concept that is not well uh, well appreciated in our modern times. I would say, right? Well, the and and the right to cut people off, but also when you're so fundamentally infrastructural, what that means, and, and those kinds of things. And then also, Cloudflare just kind of 
meandering about with whatever its thought process was, was, um, you know, interesting because we do messaging here. Uh, but that's not today because I was looking at the potential articles I would cover this morning and I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm feeling a deficit of casual. Uh, and so mm. one of the stories I wanted to cover was Warner Brothers Discovery. Speaking of floundering around, trying to figure out how to get their DC movies arm up and running and basically apparently from the outside, having half of Hollywood reject them. <laughs> and say, yeah, they, 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 they got, well, don't forget they have the issue, the Ezra Miller issue. They have the Amber Heard issue, you know, and the fact that they have their whole, the DCEU is a hot mess right now. Remember, so it's just how, how do you how do you kind of bounce back? And you've got the ninety million dollar Batman movie that was just shelved. You yes. got two hundred million dollars into the, the Flash that your your star is grooming children. You know, in a in a particular way. So it's uh, allegedly it's yes. a hot mess. Allegedly, <laughs> true. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, indeed. No, uh, absolutely. Uh, now, Nate, I asked this of Kurt. Have you watched any of these movies? I put a poll up. Um, I was wondering what everybody's favorite DCU movie was here. Um, unsurprisingly for my audience, Aquaman not rating very highly. Uh, but um, uh, have you watched these movies? Kurt says he has uh, foregone all comic book movies Pretty much. Um, and, and does not watch any of them, which I asked him. Does that mean that he will go to theaters ever anymore because they seem to be taking over all big budget movies? But have you, you watched these things? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> just look at my background for any of my shows. Yeah, I've, I've watched every Marvel movie, every DCEU movie. I've watched them all. And I, I'll say this. Um, Marvel, Marvel's starting to become like DC now. But the difference between Marvel and DC was Marvel had a plan. They had a 10-year plan and they executed that plan in phases. Yeah. Yeah. DC came in kind of late. And tried to execute the same plan, except on a ten-year time scale. They wanted to do it on a five-year time scale, and it kind of it just didn't work out. You're right. How do we get to Avengers as fast as possible? And it's like, well, as it turns out, the reason that works is because you have emotional investment over a series of separate movies and years. And DC's like, nah, forget it. We don't need that. <laughs> but that's because, well, if you think about it, going back, it it doesn't. It's not as bad. The uh, the logic. Um, isn't as bad as I think a lot of people think who, who who are in this comic book movie space because if you think about it, all the Marvel characters before the MCEU blew up, I nobody, nobody knew what an Iron Man symbol looked like. No, if you put a Captain America symbol in front of people, most people just didn't recognize those characters as those standard characters versus Superman and Batman who've already had these great movie careers. You know, you have these these great yep. actors who've always had these things. So I understand DC saying, but we don't have to kind of reintroduce these characters again. Because they are, you know, they they're already big enough. We only thing we have to do is just kind of package them differently. Where I think the MCU went into this saying, we got to tell people who Iron Man is. We got to convince people who Captain America is, and build that story out so people can be invested in ten years. Where Superman, you you know who Superman is, and I think the problem with DCEU is with the Batman movies, um, with the DCEU, like how many times we got to see Batman's parents not make it out of that alley right how many times actually, we got well, that was the problem with spider-man that was the problem with spider-man like, too for the longest time it's like how many times do we need to have the spider-man origin story how many times do i need to see the radioactive spider got it i, I feel very badly for uncle ben i want to see it every time what can i say yeah <laughs> and and the mid and the multiple different actors who play because when you see that scene you're like oh my god i gotta spend five minutes watching the same you know the the same horror show again yeah, there was some, some reason why Tom Holland skipped that, right? Although, as it turns out in the latest, that they they basically just skipped all of Uncle Ben. Uh, but, um, okay, well, that's 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 interesting then. Do you have a favorite of, I'm, I'm limiting it to the DCU movies, 
uh, and you're not allowed to use the Dark Knight. So so post Dark Knight, as they try to combat, can I, can I extol the virtues of Batman the animated series, or is this just completely off point at this point? It's Casual Monday, Kurt. We can get to the animated series. Batman the animated actually. series is the best Batman. Fight me. Uh, is animated series better than the Dark Knight? That's, uh, no, 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 not, not, not a, but but the but the animated series is good. Just like Justice League, the animated series was really really good too. Um, oh, the best DCEU movie. That's that's a hard one because they all are so bad. I would say the Wonder Woman. I would say Wonder Woman. Yeah, the first Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman movie probably is the best one. Yeah, Wonder Woman is winning the poll. You know, as we've as we heard in trial, Amber Heard is equivalent to Christopher Pine. So you know that's uh, not the same. <laughs> not the same movie. Aquaman is not winning. Uh, you know, some, some votes for Man of Steel. Um, I think Man of Steel was an interesting beginning. I don't know if it's much of a Superman movie, but I think it's an interesting beginning. Um, and uh, a 34% say other. Now, mm. I picked the three most popular. So I'm curious if that's big Batman versus Superman fans. Uh, uh, but maybe maybe the chat will help us out here. Hogue must hate the Suicide Squad. Hogue actually does hate the Suicide Squad. That Ooh. doesn't take away... That doesn't take away from people that like the Suicide Squad, because I get it. Um, that kind of goofy shock horror combo thing that uh, that uh, Gunn brought over from his horror days is not my... It's That's a vibe, and it's not mine. Um, so I get why people <laughs> like, you know, the starfish and the shark man and everything else. Go for it. You do you. Uh, it's not... It, it's, it's not me. So... Um, no, I don't like the Suicide Squad. I don't like Suicide Squad. Thank you for making that easy to describe, DC. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think my favorite is probably... Uh, it, they're it all is, still uh, alive, too, so it's a badly named squad. No, they're not all still alive. Yeah, they've been killed. Oh, <laughs> a lot of them have been killed. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the... That's they one need the to complete the game. task. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of them are killed. That's kind of the the deal. Um, yeah. But uh, no, I it is it is it is tricky because they all have flaws. Um, I would say probably my favorite is Aquaman. I know people are going to be upset. Oh, Aquaman! Ah, you, you're about to make the chat go wild right now. Yeah, I'm going to go with Aquaman. <laughs> I'm going to go out. Aquaman yeah. was good though. They have giant choice. IMAX scenes of laser sharks and whatnot. I'm I'm a sucker for that. So, um, so well, yeah, you know, what, Rich. What about do you? What about the DC animated movies? I find to be tremendously good. Like People their Suicide Squad is really really good. I have not watched them yet, to be honest. Outside of like Mask of the Phantasm from way back in the day. Uh, oh, you haven't but, watched the newer stuff. Yeah, no, I haven't watched the newer stuff, but I do know it's on HBO, um, and people have recommended it to me. So maybe I will, I will find some time uh, to try one of those out. Maybe some people can give a, a recommendation for what if I can only watch one because that's the time I have afforded to me. Which of the modern, uh, modern DC animated movies, which are all like they're pretty short, right? They're like ninety minutes or less. Yeah, um, but but I should, the, I should watch. There, there's one with the Suicide Squad and Reverse Flash. That's like the best one if you if you don't watch. But all of them are actually pretty good. I I don't know what DC's doing wrong. They got to get the people who are writing like the the comic book, the um the animated stuff to write the scripts for the real stuff because it's it's just it's really the the difference in quality of storytelling is profound between the um between the artwork 
and the live action stuff. It's crazy. That's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, is it, it? Are the animated movies taking advantage of animation? Are they doing things that are weirder and wilder that you couldn't get away with in live action? Would be my only question there. Or is this just a not real thing? I, I'm, I'm assuming with the um, whoever writing these these scripts have a little bit more license because again, the DCEU, you're trying to write a script to put it to, you know, expand a larger narrative. Where I think yeah. with these movies and DCEU, it's just like the animated movies. It's just like okay, we we have to tell a great story in this two hour time frame, and not not really care about the overall you know ten year model. It's just can we tell a good story in this two hours? And I think by doing it that way. Those stories just be, just are just better. They're just better stories. Yeah. Well, I, there, you're, you're, you are not the first person to say, Rick, go watch those animated movies. So I will, uh, I'll see if I can pick one uh, and, and watch that. It does look like Wonder Woman is going to win the poll for favorite of the, the modern uh, DCU movies. And, and to be clear, not Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, that was so bad. It's that not was good. so bad. How, how could it's, it? It's like, how could you make that movie? It's like, did nobody just sit down and say, this is pretty bad? We need to, you know, we can't, we shouldn't do this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, I don't know because we were, we were interested. We liked Wonder Woman. I remember watching it with co-counsel uh, and actually like the first little bit, we, we were like, okay, this is, this is interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll watch this. And then like at the end, she turns to me and says, that was, that was really bad. Right. It's like, yeah, that was, that was really, that was really bad. Truffle Hound says, Rick, the chat and Mrs. Hoglaw have spoken. Val Kilmer, Batman Forever was the best. DC needs to get Val back in the suit. I don't think that's it. Did you see Maverick? <laughs> yeah. uh, back in the suit. Yeah, Val Kilmer's not, not going to get in. May, maybe, we can get, maybe we can advance technology and Warner Brothers can do some kind of rendered Val Kilmer that doesn't uh, uh, act as off-puttingly as like Leia in, in Rogue One. But until that day, um, <laughs> yeah. She does love Batman Forever. You know a little something about co-counsel now. That God, that was one of our first conversations, like our earliest. Is days. that the one with the back credit card? Uh, that's George. No, Clooney. no, no. That's, that's George Clooney. Yeah. Okay. No, Batman Forever was the last good Batman movie from those original movies until George Clooney starts to messed it up. But yeah, it was. It was, and actually, it was. Um, I think he was the best looking Batman. But I think the best, um, the best Batman was um, what's the first guy? Um, Michael Keaton. Um, Michael Keaton. I think Michael Keaton played like his you know, Batman was. I think the best. OG Batman. Batman was pretty good. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The OG Batman. Adam West was pretty good, but I, th I think I, I, I like Mike Keaton. I, I love. I love. I've always loved his Batman. Michael Keaton's a good, fun actor to watch. Um, and so, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, the original Batman was great. I didn't like Batman Returns. I, it kind of goes in that. No, nah, I don't like Batman Returns. I like, yeah. uh, I like Batman, Batman Forever. I don't like Batman and Robin. I mean, that's just, it's just how we roll. Um, Every other movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Batman Forever was fun. I remember that summer because it was, it was zany. It was comic booky, And then they took it too far in Batman and Robin. I mean, like this is the, the nature of Hollywood is finding something and then taking it too far. That's why I asked the question to Kurt to start out this, this episode. Uh, so Maverick's massively popular, Nate. You run a studio that did not just make Maverick. What lessons do you take from Maverick going crazy and there being some lack of momentum in the MCU? Um, well, the the MC, the MCU, and oh, I, I don't think the MCU has a problem. I think Disney has a problem, and I think Disney's right. problem is is Disney's problem. And and I know people in the chat are going to go crazy, uh -oh. but I think Disney is trying to go to go woke too woke too fast. And, and what I mean I by that is that, <laughs> yeah, it, but it's it's not 
what I mean is, is that I think there's a natural evolution of characters, and I definitely understand. I, I'm, I'm all for diversity, but I think there's like a, with the, um, for instance, the example today, I'm doing a video today on The Little Mermaid. Like, there's this huge backlash on the new trailer, Little Mermaid yeah. trailer. Yeah. Now, when I saw the trailer, it put me off because I'm like, ah, oh, the CGI is horrible, this, 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 but, you know, we'll see where it goes. It looked too dark. So then I, like, yeah, it was just, it was, it was The Little Mermaid. Under the sea. Yeah. Way under. It was. It was so dark, and it was like I was like, "Is this a you know? Is this is this a fun movie, or is this supposed to be like you know? Is she going to kill people or something like that? You know, it just didn't seem like the, the Little Mermaid." <laughs> yeah, so the, so you know what? So, we bring everyone under the sea. <laughs> so so I so I watch it, and then I go online and I see like the the, the trailer's got like one point two million downvotes. Like yeah, I don't know if you guys can get that Chrome extension where you can see downvotes, but it's got like one point two million. Now it's like one point five. And like three hundred thousand. So I'm like, and I'm looking at the comments, and everybody's talking about, you know, oh, they they race swap, blah, blah blah. So I'm like, all right, and are these people? So then you you see all the news articles. These people are all racist versus this is this. If you don't like it, you're a racist. So I'm like, okay, let me just like you know ask my kids. So my so my daughter was sitting in with me, so I put it on. Yeah. And I so I asked my and I did nothing. I just put it on, let them watch it, and say, hey, what do you guys think? Should we watch this new movie? The older one said, hell no. She was like, no, 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 this is, this is like, this is like a scary little mermaid. And my little one was said, who the hell is that? She was like, she got, you know, where's the, where's Ariel? That, that's someone else. So, so I'm like, so, you know, it wasn't, and I don't think my two black daughters are racist against black people. They just, they just, they, they look that's at a how, character. That's how deep and, the racism goes. <laughs> that's how deep the racism goes, right? But, but they were, when, I, when asked, they were saying it just the look and feel of the whole thing just didn't feel right. It just didn't feel good. And and Disney has been doing this with all their their characters, like Snow White. They had to change yeah, yeah. her. What's it, Snow White? She was played by a Latinx um, character and all that stuff. So I, I'm thinking Disney in doing this. Like, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that one's not out yet, but yeah, I think so. But I, I think that's the 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 problem is is that I think they they've been trying to do this at, in a in a massive way, like um Hawkeye is now female and Iron Man is now Ironheart who's female and then Black Panther's supposed to be now you know the sister my, so and Thor and Thor Love that, and Thunder. So my understanding is that does follow the what they did with the comics during like the, the you know this better than me, Nate. Uh, is that you know I, Ironheart and. Um, uh, Lady Thor and those things; those are all represented in comic books, right? Of course, yeah, yeah. one hundred and ten. She Hulk and, and Hulk. Um, yes, no, no, one one thousand percent. But I, I think the the issue is is that it's like changing stuff, changing everything all at one time, versus yes. going back to what they did before, where they had the ten year plan. Let's start here and let's get to here. I think you could do that with when you're doing this, but I think they kind of fell into that DC trap where let's just do it all right now. And and damn, you know the the. The time to let people invest in these characters well, and to the understand ten, these characters. The ten years was just too much. That's one of the reasons I tuned out long ago because it's like I just can't keep dealing with these movies over and over and over. And Kurt's our over. resident non-comic book over, movie but if you over, like them at all, over. Oh eight to eighteen worked. But Kurt, that that that's great for you. But they are you know they're making billions of dollars. Like they're not making that movie for Kurt and say we want Kurt's ten dollars. They're saying we're going to make it for the billion like me and. Me and Hulk were saying we went there hundreds of billions of dollars, you know, because they're watching every single movie. Like I'm their customer base. You're, I don't think you're their customer base. And I think if they're talking, if they're not. writing yeah. movies for us, who who are going to watch all these movies? Then you can take a movie and set up Iron an Iron Heart over two or three movies. You can set up these characters over two or three movies, and then you can they make Iron Heart's going to be in Wakanda forever, right? So I mean, like they're going to do that, yeah. then they're going to do their series. 
then presumably they're going to have, I mean, they're setting up the new Avengers, but I, I think my biggest issue with MCU right now is just the meandering nature of it. It doesn't feel like you could feel the phases. You could feel some kind of direction behind the, the yes. 18 model. And then this was just kind of like, here's Shang-Chi and I, here's Dr. Strange and here's Spider-Man. Um, but it wasn't connected as much. And I think the infinity stones really helped them kind of stay focused, uh, in their, in their original iteration. So it is, it is interesting. Uh, but, um, so, so you think in terms of what you'd take from Maverick is that Disney and the MCU is going to, uh, fast in one direction and that people should slow down and go a different direction. Um, well, well, I think Disney. Uh, well, I think there's two issues. I, th I think that's one, and I think the second one is there. There are what is it? Quantity over quality. Like right now, they got a show about everything. Groot's got a show. This guy's got a show. You know, you, you, it's over. It's oversaturation of the market. Before you had to kind of wait to kind of see, and you know that type of thing, and, and there was some anticipation built up. But now, if everybody gets a show, it's like it's so much to watch. And then you know, if you got one bad show. That messes up for other projects that you're trying to do because they're all kind of intertwined. So that's kind of where I'm thinking they're at right now. I think they just have too much on the table. They need to contract this stuff and say, okay, what's the important stories we need to tell? And just because we can tell a story doesn't mean, you know, nobody's asking the question, should we tell that story? Right, right. And you can get overpolluted. I mean, I they're they're still working through Disney Plus, I think. I I have not been a fan of basically any of them. Um, but I think they're still trying to figure out what the proper volume is, what the proper movement you can do in a Disney Plus show if you're not gonna if you're not gonna see it between the movies. Like I, I one of the things I continue to be stunned by is you you go watch Doctor Strange two in the Multiverse of Madness and you watch it like right next to Endgame, and uh, I, I know it's pretty new, so I won't get into it too much. But like at least some character arcs don't make a damn bit of sense if you haven't seen some Disney Plus. <laughs> Um, and it's like, that's, that's a choice. You, you kind of have to not do that. And then you have to not move too much in your Disney plus show. It's, I don't envy them, them trying to sell me Marvel every two minutes. Uh, but that was them. I tried to do it. So, you know, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard solve. Travel Hound says the little mermaid trailer was dark. Fish are suspicious at the best of times. Um, yeah. <laughs> Cinematography based, right? I mean, I like just, in terms of. This is your introduction to their live action Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid is known for being ridiculously colorful. Uh, like you think of Under the Sea, right? Think of Under the Sea and you think of color pops. Um, yeah. And this is like, we're going to do it real realistically. And I, I think you're right. It does feel like it, it, like the non-Disney, like that one you would find in the blockbuster that's called the Mermaid Littell. And it's like, it's got bloody fangs coming off of Little Mermaid. It's like, what is going to be part of her world? Uh, is, is that kind of trailer <laughs> all and, part of her world now like, okay maybe it's early cgi right i'm always reluctant to judge this stuff super early even though they show it too yeah. early um and i'm positive there's more effects that go on because you only get the one shot of ariel at the end of this trailer and I, I don't know how to describe it it's like they didn't have water effects on like she looks like she's in the stage show from walt disney world which is which is fine in the stage show in Walt Disney World, but like you don't you're not getting a water vibe. There's something wrong with the lighting. It's like that can all be fixed in post. Um, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I don't know. And of but, course, uh, we saw we saw we, we did see you know the racist come out. 
and and we know that oh, yeah. there's a certain amount of shielding that they that these companies use. We saw Amazon no. start out with the Rings of Power and saying, you know, we stand by our cast and all these things. And I was like, look, I, that I've seen terrible comments. The problem is, is that you know, Rings of Power. I've I've watched and it's like, okay, I, there's a lot of money up on screen. I don't feel like you're telling me a story, and and you get this kind of. This is when I was criticizing Obi Wan too, and and people were yelling at me, uh, you know, about I thought Reva was terrible. And I, it's like, no, I think, I think Reva is terrible. <laughs> we have to be allowed to criticize these things. Yeah, but don't get me wrong. I, I, I think Reva was over-criticized. So, and I'm okay. just being, you All right, you're a Reva to, defender. To, okay. To, to, no, well, uh, yes, I, I, I defend the fact that I think the character was made to be that character. Like, okay. the, like, I, like, like, like I, think it was, I think it was a bad character in terms of, in terms of trying to convince us to fall in love with that character, I don't think that character was for anybody to fall in love with. It was, it was. I don't think she had motivation to establish very well at all. Yes, yes, yes. But I think they were trying to do it like a double switch in the terms yes. of at the end of the show, then give you her backstory at, at a crucial moment. But I think they didn't do it well. So I think the character was all right, but I just think the execution of the character was bad. If that makes sense. Right. Sure. Because you know, one of the criticisms I have in the early episodes is like you don't feel like a sith anything like you're not you're not intimidating enough and they're putting these speeches in your mouth and it's like at least at the end you can be like well she wasn't she, she wasn't she wasn't a true believer and still it's well okay but the the overall feel of your show is this this, this didn't work um and yeah. i know that the cgi of her running across rooftops is not her fault but my god in heaven um so you know it's uh it, it's like yeah I, I very much didn't like obi-wan uh, so we won't go down that road again, but you had that same kind of uh, defensiveness. I, you know, in, in Rings of Power, it's like if, if people are criticizing what they did with the elves, I, the only criticism I have for that plot line is what is, what is, what is, what are you doing? Why, why do I spend 40 minutes of my life watching this? You yeah, know? But, but you, you know what you're, you're running into is the whole, you know, if, if you criticize a movie that has been sufficiently woke, um, it's automatically, it's 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 for bad motivations, right? And, yeah, and that's is, kind of is, what this this is the problem with modern Hollywood in a lot of ways, which was I was sort of alluding to with the whole Top Gun Maverick thing. I think that Hollywood has done the woke thing for a long time. I think that Top Gun Maverick is well received a lot because it's not that. I'm hope I hope Hollywood will realize there's space for not woke. And actually just make movies that people actually want to see, which apparently is Maverick, since it is unbelievably popular. Yeah, Maverick went crazy. Maverick went absolutely crazy. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not as willing to just describe Maverick's success to, to patriotism or yeah. uh, you know, a lack of politization exactly. Uh, but I, I do that, think yeah. there's an old school, big damn heroes. Let's not discuss the uh, the issues of our day. Let's do a Star Wars trench run with Tom Cruise and rock and music. And that um, while that might be popcorn fluff, it is popcorn fluff that has long been missing. And one of the things I was going to say about Marvel is folks might look at that and say that's big damn hero stuff. But I, one of the problems I've had with Marvel for a long time is that their defensiveness of their own content is evident in every movie that they, mm -hmm. they go into the cool kids, ironic, isn't this stuff stupid pose very, yes. very often. Um, somebody did a compilation of like the number of scenes where they Marvel people make fun of the naming conventions 
in comic books and like they laugh at the names in like every movie <laughs> and it's like yeah that's that's a good kind of crystallized we need to be cool this stuff is silly uh but we're still gonna have fun with it and it's like yeah, yeah that's fine the marvel vibe is the marvel vibe but it is ironic and it is uh it is self-deprecating it is not big damn heroes except for very specific sequences yeah, I, th- I think Marvel Marvel changed the game when it came to superhero movies in terms of because because uh, I think a lot of people don't realize how much Marvel changed the game. Secret identities from the for for, for instance is yes, one I of the Iron Man is a big deal because of that. Yeah, and and that that's the kind of reason why even Spider Man got caught up into that the whole secret identity thing and everything because I, I think Marvel said we want to change the game in terms of how people think about these things and, and make them kind of like these real world attachments. Now Spider Man's fighting in New York. Which even in the comic books, but it, it it gives that that you know it's almost breaking the fourth wall almost like like She Hulk does now. Um, but I but I right. think at yeah. the end of the day though, <laughs> yeah. But, but I think at the end of the day now, um, really Maverick was successful because Maverick did something unique. It told a good damn story. <laughs> Maverick told a great story, and the story is what matters. No matter who's in the movie, it's the story. That's going to win the day. If you got a good story, then the movie's going to do well. Yeah, story, no, plot, character still matter. Whoa. Yeah, no, it's the truth. It's the truth. It's not the Jets. It's 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 not a, a lot of the aspects that people seem to be focusing on. It's when you get to the end of that movie, you're like, damn, that was a that was character arcs for like multiple people. Yeah, <laughs> and, and uh, it feels good, man. Uh, so no, I, I I hope so. I I'm worried that the lesson will be Jets. People like fighter planes. We're going to get a lot of fighter planes. And or what other 30-year-old movies do we have? Labyrinth 2. Get Jennifer Conley in there. She was in Maverick. That'll work. <laughs> Labyrinth That'll work, might, Hollywood. Labyrinth 2 could be interesting. <laughs> I like your optimism. No, it's 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 still funny because, I, because when I, I think a lot of times we don't talk about when Woke is done well. Woke has done very well in some of these some of these movies. Um, for instance, um, what's what's the series on Amazon with with the um, that that's in the Gilded Age? I forget the name of that series, but it's it's really good. It's woke as shit, but it's really really fantastic. Um, and some of the Marvel movies. You're not thinking of the, the Gilded of Age, are you? Because the Gilded Age is different. It's on an no no no. The Gilded Age is different. <laughs> it, it's it's a, it's a, it's a show on um, Netflix. I forget what it's called. Um, ah, the, 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 I, I'm, I'm positive most of the women in, in the chat probably know what you're uh, talking I'm getting about. I've got a lot of Bridgertons. Bridgerton, that's exactly the one. Bridgerton. Okay. I'm I've watched the. Uh, my, my, my wife has maybe watched the first two seasons, and that's a fantastic show. It's woke as crap, but it is a fantastic show because the plot and the story is great. So I can accept woke, woke in, that, in that instance, but I think now there's a, a lot of times. So help mm-hmm. me out here, Nate, because I, I I have to admit I'm not good with this definition. Of, of so when you when you're when you're saying woke, are you referring to the casting there, the themes? I've watched Bridgerton season one. I haven't watched season two. Oh, um, but like when, what, I, what, when you say it's when you say it is woke, what do you mean? What I'm talking about when when I say woke, what I'm talking yeah. about is a story or a movie that is trying to do two things: tell me a give me a great story within that context. But also give a message of diversity and showing different characters in different diverse characters in positions that were traditionally not for those characters, okay, like so having black you're people. You're talking in about the community. casting, so that like it, which does the have cast- that kind of colorblind casting. Yes, and but but also it's it's the it's the casting within certain environments. Like okay. for instance, I like like we're talking about 
England in the 1500s in the royal family, right? I wouldn't have suspect there would be a lot of Hispanic or even African-American people within that world or within that sphere because, things, yeah. Yeah, because, of, because of that, that time frame. But Bridgerton okay. did that. Bridgerton yes. did that. It added those elements to it, but it still worked within the entire story because at no point I was like, oh, this, this. At first it was like, ah, oh, but they had a black queen. But it, it all worked within the context of the story. The king happened to be white. This is why the queen was black. So, so they, they were able to do it to show, okay, this can work in this particular way. But the, but the way they, they purposely wrote the story for it to be an entertaining um, part of the story and not just something we're putting inside there to try to feed you a message. You, you understand what I mean? Yeah, no, I think Bridgerton works well. And certainly for the audience that it works well for. Uh, I mean, I think it is aimed like a laser mm -hmm, beam mm -hmm. demographic. Um, and, and I think it's one of their more popular shows. Um, so I don't know. That's, oh, interesting. Yeah. I, that's why I asked the question because I, in terms of theming, I don't, I don't get much politics from Bridgerton. It's a, it's a steamy soap opera type show. Um, but I, I was curious. So thanks for, thanks for explaining that. It definitely, it, it, when you first watch that first episode, you're like, oh, okay. In terms of the casting. Um, so that is, that is interesting. Yeah. I, I, th I think at the, like, if we just think about like, um, when you first see the queen. I'm like, oh, the queen is black, and and we're supposed to be in Middle Age Europe, and so so you know there are extreme elements, but but again, it's, it all depends if it's done well. And I think another show that I love too on on Amazon, what's it called? Um, um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I don't oh, think yeah. it's as woke, but I think it's a it's a, it's a fantastic show. Like that's a, another, and people will probably be like, Nate watches so much crazy shows. So, yeah. I watch. I watch Mrs. everything. Maisel. So, co-counsel watches Mrs. Maisel. Uh, the, the the makers of Mrs. Maisel is great. The makers of Gilmore Girls, um, and and Gilmore Girls has a very specific way of of talking and, and talking about things. And I would argue, I would argue that there's a fair amount of like these people being political uh, in those shows. Yeah. Uh, but it is uh, no, it's Miss Maisel is delightful. So, all right, we've chatted, folks. We have some articles to look at. One of the reasons I pulled these up is that um, it, it's fun because there's a merger going on. It's actually a merger that I have some stuff to do with that I can't talk about. Uh, so I like to put those Ooh. out there. That's fun. Uh, but um, uh, let's let's look at some of these articles because if you don't know, you know Warner Brothers, famous Warner Brothers, uh, isn't really Warner Brothers anymore. It is Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, I suspect most of you did know that WBD. Uh, is it's the official designation here. And th this happened this spring. Um, and I just pulled up the CNBC article here just for a little bit of context. In May of last year, the company set out to merge because AT&T realizes that it can't run any businesses. For those of you that missed Sunday ticket <laughs> yesterday on DirecTV. Uh, uh, and so AT&T said, you know what? We're a phone company by God and we're getting rid of everything. Um, and so they said, Anybody want Warner Brothers? And Discovery said, hey, we need content. Um, and so Warner Brothers and Discovery got together. ATT is keeping an ownership position, but a separate independent one, by the way. Um, mm. But uh, Warner Brothers Discovery came into being, and they now control, among other things, Discovery Channel, everything Warner Brothers has ever made, CNN, HBO, Cartoon Network. They're two streaming services, which will become one because running two is stupid when you're one company. And yeah. Batman, Harry Potter, Batman inclusive of everything DC Comics. So they they own a lot of stuff. That it's is not a lot Disney. of stuff. It's not yeah. Disney. It's not, hey, the Predator has showed up in The Simpsons, but it is a lot of stuff, which if you play video games, you might notice because their new kind of Smash Brothers-esque video game where you fight 
uh, each other is actually being pretty successful. And it has Bugs Bunny fighting Velma from Scooby-Doo, fighting Arya Stark from Game of Thrones, and fighting Rick and Morty from Rick and Morty. So Warner I Brothers hadn't realized that uh, I hadn't realized that AT and T was giving up all control of HBO. Well, it's not all control. Again, AT&T is taking a, a higher level shareholder position, uh, but they are just getting out of the business of doing uh, the, the, the content or making any of the, the business decisions here. So it's being separated out. And HBO is now run by this guy, David Zaslav, uh, who used to be the head of Discovery, is now the head of Warner Brothers Discovery. They got rid of basically everybody that was doing content on the Warner side, Jason Kalar and Sarnoff, and handed it over to... This cat, who appears to be from the outside looking in, um, a very efficient bean counter type person, right? <laughs> one you of played the it very nicely. Yes, I did. One, one of <laughs> he, he is a headhunter dispatching with reckless <laughs> abandon. Um, so there's massive layoffs going on across the W Warner Brothers Discovery. You saw him pull content from HBO Max that they own. Right. You, they, they pulled content that they actually have full rights to from their own streaming service because of other royalties in part. Who knows? Some kind of money saving endeavor. Uh, and so he's gone through and he said, we've got to fix all of this. And one of the things that he said uh, is we've got to fix DC because the MCU is making Disney a fortune and DC should be making a fortune as well, and, and we've screwed it up. So he's coming in, and this has been one of his focus projects, which is why it's gotten leaked out all over the place. These stories have happened everywhere. Here's The Hollywood Reporter as of August 25th, 2022. And we didn't cover this separately in this space, but I did read it because I, I like to read. Uh, and I, people ask me about this lunch folder. Hollywood Reporter is the kind of stuff that's in that lunch folder. No, I'm not clicking on it. Mm. Um, DC's Kevin Feige found producer Dan Lin in talks to take control of film TV for superhero arm. The move, which will see DC film president's Walter Hamada, who, if you watched the trial that V heard with Jonathan. us, you, you saw testify, uh, mm -hmm. would exit, comes as new Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav seeks a reset for the brand. And famously, one of the things he basically said is, we're, we're going we're gonna to build Marvel. We're going to have a 10-year plan. Yeah. He hires Alan Horn, who I think was in retirement, uh, but was at Disney who helped shepherd in the 2008 Iron Man. And, and well, no, not, it wasn't 2008. He's helped shepherd in just after that, when they purchased Marvel after those first two movies, uh, the, the Marvel expansion uh, into, into what it became. And he says, we're going to copy it. If you're not familiar with this guy, I don't blame you, uh, but he is really, really, really successful. Uh, has the new head of DC been found uh, or if you're the Hollywood Reporter, has the new head of DC has been found? Type that in. But you know the where did it the, go? The problem, the problem that they, the problem that they're going to have though is that they already have so much money tied up in projects that he was in. Like, don't forget, you had the ninety million in Batman. You got the two hundred million dollars in the Flash. You got the two hundred million dollars in Aquaman two. These are movies that haven't even been produced yet. So, and and they've canned, right? They've canned at least what at least over a hundred million dollars in projects already. So are they going to can? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's the, it's the sticking wow. point. It is the sticking point. And it does appear, based on their clinging to Ezra Miller, which is, um, he would have been ejected for, for, most, for most things for, for what he is accused of doing uh, at this point in time. It appears that that movie was one of their reset points. 
like like really was important to what they were doing. Uh, and if you know oh. the Flash, the Flash can open up dimensions and things like that. And yeah, so yeah, it's 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 probable, I would say, that that was going to be the new jump point, jumping off point for what they were going to do. And that's why they're like, Jesus Christ, okay, uh, <laughs> we'll have to figure out how to release this movie. Uh, but it is an unfortunate and, and slightly untenable position to bring in a shiny new innocent into the kind of ongoing midway done car wreck uh, that, that is <laughs> um, And so yeah. you are getting this pushback. Well, in, in these articles that we'll take a look at, and we, this one and we have another one, uh, you will see, hey, they, they, they rumors have been abounding about this person and this person and this person and this person. And then you get other rumors that are like, this person said, get out of my office um and and isn't willing to do this because the other aspect of this is like i said i'm, I'm a mergers attorney I, I do corporate transactions where this is a tumultuous time period right so warner brothers discovery nobody really knows what it's going to look like how it's going to operate what the structure is going to be at a stable point which is still at least like 12 or 18 months away um and so you'd have to go in Get all the wonderful promises. Anybody that's ever interviewed for a job where they really want you knows what this is like. This is this is like going on a date. What kind of caviar do you want, sir? Um, and you have to try to take that with a grain of salt because you're still going to have to produce things. And this particular person, we'll see, had a very specific problem. And it's a problem that I have dealt with in transactions that I have worked with. Not at this size, folks. Um, and I, I thought it was really interesting to, to kind of point out. So just in order to talk about this guy... Dan Lin, who used to be an executive, now he's a producer, has worked on hits like Aladdin, the Lego movies, I think all of them, uh, the It horror movies. He is in talks as of August 25th to take the role of DC chief. Multiple sources tell The Hollywood Reporter. We take them all with a grain of salt, but this is basically how Hollywood is done. This is anonymously sourced. The role would encompass overseeing not just film, but television as well. So they see a different structure for how they're going to handle DC films. The proposed structure would bypass basically all the division heads, Warner Brothers Pictures, HBO, and Warner Brothers TV to put control of DC as a visual concept uh, in the hands of one person. Um, this is a good gig in terms of if you want power. <laughs> uh, this, this goes straight to the CEO Usually, and some of the problems that have been had with DC so far is that it's had to go through all these various things. Uh, HBO, HBO Max was set up to do that Batman uh, Batwoman uh, movie. And that's one of the reasons it got killed by Zaslav here is that they said, we're focusing on quality, which is mm. a little bit of shade. Isn't that kind of a nice thing to usually focus on? Uh, quality, right? Him, if you believe him. I mean, it, it's Zaslav's... There, there isn't any division, I think, that Zaslav hasn't looked at and said, well, we can cut 30% off of that. Um, and so it's it's a question of what you believe happened with Batwoman, whether it was bad, whether it was set up for a different universe, uh, whether they're trying to cut out some kind of tax uh, advantage to what they're otherwise doing during this merger period. There's a whole lot of rumors about it. Well, um, I, I, I think that paragraph that you just read is very telling in the sense of they're essentially trying to just copy Marvel. Exactly. Oh, that's exactly what they're doing because that's what that's what you have at. For those of you who don't know, at Disney, you have Kathleen Kennedy for Star Wars. She's the Star Wars person. You got Kevin Feige for Marvel. So they they have these compartmentalized, but there's one person who runs it all for each one of their little their separate studios. There's a Pixar guy. There's that guy. So it seems exactly. like they're just taking that model and said, 
we're going to, we're going to copy that model because it makes it just makes sense. And with Marvel, you have the TV and the movie side, but it's all under Kevin Feige. And the same thing with um, Kathleen Kennedy's Star Wars. Right, and it didn't start that way, right? I mean, they're trying to copy what they think are Disney's lessons. One of the, one of the really famous fights was Marvel movie versus Marvel TV. It's how you get kind of the Agents of Shield split between the MCU and everything else. I mean, it's a it, Kevin Feige is now the king of the kingdom, but it's also magical thinking, right? It's it's that structure is the way to solve it. And it's like maybe Kevin Feige was the way to solve it. I'm not positive that just unilateral totalitarian control over every aspect of your universe is is definitively the way to solve it um but yeah yeah it's exactly right nate pick it up picked up perfectly we're just gonna copy marvel um walter hamada the current head of dc films would transition out of the role a warner's insider says that no negotiations are taking place and no official offer has been made although other sources say the parties are discussing salary reporting structure and the future of lynn's prolific production company rideback now, I highlighted that in red because we will see it is where the rubber hits the road. If you've never heard of Rideback, again, I do not blame you. First of all, it's a term originating in Western cowboy culture and refers to the custom of riding back to pick up a partner who has fallen off their horse. Denotes commitment, loyalty, and support. I've still never heard of it. This is a thing? Rideback is a community in service of creativity. Rideback produces premium film and television content for global audiences as a production company. Rideback supports and empowers visionary storytellers who share our passion for entertaining audiences in delightfully surprising ways. Rideback is over $5 billion worldwide. Rideback is a solution. Rideback yeah. is a promise. Rideback is an invitation. Guys, this is a marketing document. Rideback yeah. is a production company, <laughs> but it's a very successful one. And it's one that this individual, Dan Lin, went out, hung his shingle, formed for himself, and has proven himself. And when you see this, and I actually remember thinking this when I read this around August 25th, it might've been a couple of days later. I said, oh, that's a sticky one. This is a sticky negotiating point of, I have this thing. It is successful. I'm willing to listen to your job offer, but I'm also not willing to give up this successful thing that I probably bet my house on, right? Like that, that kind of discussion point has proven to be an issue in many, many transactions, including ones that I've worked on, hell, including my own life. <laughs> one, of, one of my more recent interviews was like, okay, so my YouTube's pretty good. What are we going to do with that? Because I will tell you this, large law firms, not super comfortable with social media folks mm -hmm. um, or with people saying things that don't go through their press department. I yeah. said, look, you know, I've done this a long time. I've said a lot of things. We have survived. I'm not a liability. You can trust me on this. But you have to have these conversations. And so if you have a production company that already realizes $5 billion in revenue, at least according to them, and that's not net, that's, you know, the movies made this much money. That's mostly for the studios. Um, what do you do with it? What do you do with it? If any deal does close, it would cap off one of the most intense executive searches in recent memory. Spoiler alert, that executive search is not capped off. Zaslav has said he was searching for Warner's own version of Kevin Feige. See, Nate, he says this to the investors. <laughs> yeah, the, exactly. The famed Marvel executive who has steered the rival comic book company's movie slate and then later its TV, TV portfolio transforming it into a multi-billion dollar pop culture juggernaut. You know, Hollywood reporters prone to hyperbole. This is actually, this is actually true. They are a multi-billion dollar pop culture juggernaut. This is a nigh impossible ask, but it didn't stop executives' names from surfacing. Emma Watts proved to be an early contender, while in recent months, names such as Amy Pascal, no. Matt Tolmach, Sean Bailey, and Greg Berlanti 
We're rumored to be taking meetings or I love Hollywood report here or pushed by canny agency heads. <laughs> They're leaked to us, but are they in talks? Who knows? Hollywood is fun to watch. Um, you get, uh, the fact that Lynn knew Alan Horn. Like I said, Alan Horn was at Disney, uh, when Marvel really took off. Lynn is a respected producer known for his smarts. He's worked on franchises like the Robert Downey Jr. starring Sherlock Holmes, the four Lego movies, Stephen King's It, Aladdin, and smaller stuff. And here's the key. This actually was why I thought he really does sound like a good fit. Also does TV with that production house. And that's not the same for all of these executives. So he has worked on, I'm not saying it's good TV, folks. The Lethal Weapon Show and The Walker CW Show and is currently working on Avatar The Last Airbender. But they get multiple seasons. So that's what executives are looking for. I'm not going to lie. Those he are is- his uh, resume points. Uh, yes. Yeah, my, I'm feeling uh, not feeling super confident. <laughs> hey, yeah, man, but- if, you, if you can get TV and movies out of your production house, like that's step one if you're trying to find a super person uh, is actually getting them released. DC has had some issue with that. But the problem that, that DC's been having, though, is that Kevin Feige is a Marvel fan. Like, he's a huge fan of the, the, the content, and he knows, like, everything about it. He, like, he's read the comic books and things of that nature. So if you're looking for another Kevin Feige, you kind of have to get somebody who's kind of has that involvement or that understanding of the universe that you're trying to put them in, in charge of. If this person doesn't know that, like, um, Kath, like a lot of people don't know Kathleen Kennedy – was part of the production team of the first Star Wars movies and, and oh, so yeah. forth and so forth. So you, you need somebody. Her in all the Indiana Joneses. You can see pictures of her with the DeLorean and Back to the Future. She's made some of your favorite movies. There's no problem. There's there's no question about that. But the, so that's and even though I, I think she's made some huge mistakes with Star Wars, yep. but I think that's the type of person that you really really need. somebody who's kind of intimately involved in the in the content and that knows how to massage it and change it for the audience today because again that that's what works that's what worked with maverick that's what worked with the mcu and that's what i think dc needs needs to um try to figure out well i have good news for you on that nate although not good news when we get to the next article i suppose and that is that dan lynn has long said that dc comics was his dream job uh, and one of the reasons batman lego got made was because he wanted to play in the dc universe and uh and, and deal with batman and superman and those characters and that was the only way he could do it with the licenses that he had i mean like that's part of the background here i don't know why the hollywood reporter doesn't mention those things uh but like he seems deeply invested in the dc stuff and that's why this was all coming together this is why it got leaked out i think it got leaked out by his side it's always tough to say um based on this paragraph uh, which is what happens to Rideback. So uh, Rideback has a nonprofit arm and several initiatives and fellowships that aid BIPOC and rising entrepreneurs. It is unclear what would happen to Rideback, but one scenario, which is leaked, and this is the scenario that seems to favor him. So I think that's that's why I lean that way. According to sources, is that Warner Brothers Discovery would take some sort of stake in the company. Rideback would continue to operate as a production entity and be run by its current president. So effectively... Warner Brothers would, in theory, buy him out to avoid a conflict kind of situation, have an investment stake. It would be allowed to run, and then he would still be able to have an interest in it of some kind. This is what these are tricky problems to solve when you're dealing with high-level executives that are successful um, and, and these kinds of things that they have. This, we will see, falls apart and is why the deal doesn't get done by all ostensible, uh, all, all ostensible reasons that we can see. Um we, hit, we have here, Marvel is successful, DC is not. Hamada's tenure also underscores what you described, Nate, which is that um, DC not the cleanest job to take right this second. 
which is that Hamada has found himself the subject of critical tweets from Justice League actor Ray Fisher, the Joss Whedon stuff with Justice League. I find very interesting the next sentence is effectively, though Hamada was not at DC during the production of Justice League, which seems a little bit unfair to criticize him for. Fisher accused the executive of attempting to throw Whedon as well as producer John Berg under the bus to protect Jeff Johns. Another Justice League producer, Fisher said, enabled Whedon. That's a lot of levels of potential issues. Um, I don't know whether Hamada is deserving of this criticism or not, but clearly it's a rough job to have, and it's a rough job to have in a merging company that is also firing people actively. Um, and so it's a weird place to work right now in any event. Um, can, some, can, I, can I? Yeah, please. I just wanted to add some context to it, too. A lot of people don't understand the Josh Wheaton situation, but when you're talking about the DCU, the first, the visionary was supposed to be Zack Snyder. Yep. And Zack Snyder came in, he did the movie, then essentially they didn't really like what Zack Snyder did because he did like a four hour. The, the, <laughs> the self serious operatic DCU is what I would say. <laughs> um, so then, so what they did is they essentially fired Snyder and brought in Josh Wheaton, who did the Avengers movies to essentially cut the movie down to two hours and make it palatable. But that movie didn't work. So now that's why you have this whole thing with Josh Whedon because Josh Whedon actually came in and people believe messed up the DCEU from Zack Snyder's vision. But Zack Snyder's movies were, again, who's gonna sit through a five hour, super, a four hour superhero movie? But it seems well, like that's what fans well, wanted, so. All right, let's, let's, you know, I don't know if anybody's even, we're gonna, we're gonna ask this better. Justice League original or Snyder Cut? Anybody even answers this. I, I like the Snyder Cut better. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know if I would be able to sit in the movie theater and watch the Snyder Cut. No, nobody, nobody could sit in the movie theater and watch that movie. <laughs> it's just too long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what is the Snyder Cut? Isn't it four? <laughs> I, I'm curious if anybody even votes in this poll. Oh, we have a vote. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, uh, that's the thing, right? So this is the kind of, uh, this is a great point, Nate, which is the rumbling, rambling DC universe didn't quite know what direction it wanted to go, thought it needed an auteur or at least somebody with a vision. I, I would argue that they do. Then kind of pulled up on that when they saw what was coming out of the, the Justice League, went with Joss Whedon. He kind of marvelified it in a way that didn't match their previous characterizations um, and, and cut it to death. Um, obviously, when you're when, when Zack Snyder's working on a four-hour movie, it's going to take some cuts to get it down into a movie theater time. Um, and yeah, the result was not great. Not great, Bob, as they say. Um but yeah, out of that, out of Joss Whedon coming in, undoubtedly under deadlines and pressure, certainly, uh, is that uh, Ray Fisher and Gal Gadot, I believe, uh, made complaints about Joss Whedon. And then that led into additional complaints about a treatment of people on Buffy and Angel, where Joss Whedon became famous. Um, and that uh, that became a whole thing. Now, I don't know how Walter Hamada gets dragged into it exactly. Uh, I don't think this paragraph does a great job of explaining how that happened. Uh, but, uh, yes, Josh Whedon, uh, wound up from that job, uh, losing a lot of street cred. I don't, I don't know what he's doing now. Um, if anything, uh, so yeah, Josh Whedon was one of the, um, really put on a pillar 
type type writers and showrunners after Buffy and Angel and um, you know he's executive producer of Agents of Shield for Marvel. He obviously did the two Avengers movies. I think he remains his executive producer for at least a time for them because of the work he did on Avengers. Uh, and now he's uh, effectively persona non grata in certain in certain important ways. I know she says it's Gal Dot, but I can't ever remember that. It looks like Gal Do, uh, Gal Gadot. It still looks like Gadot. We're waiting for Gadot. We can't settle for Gadot. I'm sorry. That's nice. That's good. Very one. casual Monday. Very nice. <laughs> uh, the Watchmen was about four hours long. A superhero movie being that long and successful is unheard of. Not in the theaters. It wasn't. I don't know what version you watched, but the Watchmen was shorter when it was in theaters. Um, better in longer versions. I mean, that's the thing. I think basically every time you have these massive cuts to make sure you can get cheeks in seats, it's better when you actually allow the script or the director's division. Even Batman versus Superman is greatly improved by the director's cut, where then plot points make sense, which is nice. It's a nice thing to have happen when you're watching a movie. Uh, but for the plot uh, to make sense, that is nice. Well, they cut this stuff out, right? So I just watched Jurassic Park Dominion, for instance. Oh, Nate, Nate I've heard, I've heard, sucks. Well, it does, but in terms of whether or not one version is better than the other, the extended edition that they released on you know, home video recently is significantly better. In the in the theatrical version, they cut out like three scenes that explain characters and motivation. And I I get this. If I'm the studio. I probably think my audience is here for giant dinosaurs fighting things in cool pictures. They probably are. But at least the, the minimal level, you need to understand what that crazy dude is doing. Right? Like, why is he doing what he's doing at all? And so I the, the extended edition is better. It's still not. And a why is the dinosaur thing. doing what it's doing? What is its motivation? Does well, it not feel? Does it not love? <laughs> See, if you want to get to the heads of dinosaurs, you could. I'm sure Pixar has got a movie in the works that will hopefully be better than The Good Dinosaur. Uh, but all I'm saying is that you do get these issues where the director's cuts are almost always better if the cuts were made solely to try to get into a window to get more movie showings. And that's true for Batman versus Superman. That's true for Jurassic World Dominion. Not strong movies like in their bones, but better with context for character motivation, which seems to be the first on the chopping block when the studios start looking to cut cut time. Um, and so, uh, yeah, um, let's, let's finish up with these two articles here. Um, we've done a reset. We think we can build a much stronger, sustainable growth business out of DC says Zaslav. That's how he talks. It's a very financially oriented person. As part of that, we're going to focus on quality. Hey, that's the right thing to say. We're not going to release <laughs> any film before it's ready. DC is something we can make better. Um, so yeah, dealing with all the Aquaman stuff, dealing with all, uh, this stuff. And so honestly, I read this article and said, um, I'm still not sold on the one person model necessarily, because I think Kevin Feige and Kathleen Kennedy are just the perfect examples. Disney tried to run the same model twice and you can see how it goes. Uh, there aren't any Star Wars movies on the horizon, maybe ever again, because of how that <laughs> went. And on the opposite side, we are so doused in Marvel. It might be losing speed purely because we feel like we can get Marvel content every minute of every day. Um, and so in that capacity, looking at this, I said, huh. And then this article came out. Lego movie producer Dan Lin won't take DC film and TV chief role at Warner Brothers. And again, this by the time you hit the Hollywood Reporter, I know that there are sources that say they're not even in talks. That's BS. 
this is <laughs> this is a big deal. This is the kind of thing that that uh, causes you to um, a major setback. He's posing next to Lego Batman there. Uh, movie producer Dan Len, who had been in talks to become head of Warner Brothers Discovery, DC Comics Film and TV Unit, won't take the job after all, according to people familiar with the matter. Note the language here, by the way. And again, this might be his team leaking this stuff. Uh, this is very specific. This is the, the active verb is he won't take the job. Not, not the deals fell apart. Not the DC moved a different direction. He won't take it. The two sides ended negotiations without reaching a deal. The news comes during a tumultuous time for the newly formed Warner Brothers Discovery. CEO David Zaslev has been attempting to remake Warner Media after merging it with Discovery in April, including layoffs and content eliminations from streaming service HBO Max. Shares are down about 50% since the merger closed. That's not what you're looking for, folks. When you make a big new merger, this is not what you're looking for. No. Not a lot of faith. Not a lot of faith in the market. Now, I will say this. The market is a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, that's a good point. So you have to actually take it with that a grain of salt as well. You can't just pluck a company out uh, from, from looking at these things. But certainly you don't want this is this is not the angle you want this to be at. Um, and so Warner Brothers Discovery, having been a difficulty, the market doesn't necessarily believe in it, doesn't believe in Discovery, had, doesn't believe in Discovery plus times HBO, doesn't believe in a lot of these things. But they could be wrong. The market is stupid. Uh, so we, we, we will see. Warner Brothers is in a tumultuous time. I like that description from CNBC. After discussing a potential offer from Warner Brothers, Lynn has decided to stay at Rideback, the film and television company he founded and runs. It's a good gig, folks. The people said who asked not to be named because the talks were private. He's produced some big films. We looked at that already. Contract discussions ran into complications because of Lynn's ownership of Rideback and how Warner Brothers Discovery would compensate him for it. Two of the people said... The two sides exchanged term sheets. Lynn wanted to keep Rideback operational with an equity stake owned by Warner Brothers. Remember, that's exactly the description we got in The Hollywood Reporter. That's suggestive of his team to me. One of the people said both parties decided to move on after negotiations bogged down. So it's Rideback. And this is a common issue. What do you do with what other assets, what other interests people have if you want them to come into your company? It happens at this level for millions and millions of dollars. It happens at the executive level for tech companies. Uh, and it clearly broke down here. And I don't know the answer. Was Warner Brothers lowballing him on Rideback? Were they, did they refuse to take that interest? Did they want him to be totally committed to them and to skip all interest in his company? We'll never know. That'll never come out. Uh, but it's interesting because they were once again seemingly at square one with other things coming out of, of these articles, such as, uh, you know, Watts refusing to take the job that was apparently offered to her, at least as described by CNBC, and that Zaslav, in order to just kind of put that uh, in the wound, if you will, he personally met with Lynn in his attempt to convince him to take the job. So, the, so this isn't a fly-by-night. You heard it described as exchanging term sheets before. The, the CEO came and said, come on, this is going to be a big deal. When the CEO flies in and doesn't get it and gets a CNBC headline like we're looking at today, uh, that's a total fail. That is, that is exactly what you don't want to have happen. If you're worried about the DC universe and if you're worried about Warner brothers, um, regardless of how you feel about this individual, uh, it doesn't mean it won't work out better. You never know. Anybody that follows sports knows that you go after the head coach you want and maybe you don't get them and maybe you get somebody better accidentally. Um, but it is, 
it is a setback for Warner Brothers. It's a setback for DC. And it seems like the stories about DC are basically only setbacks for as long as they've been trying to compete with Marvel. And I hope that changes. Batman and Superman are cool. Marvel needs a competitor, God knows, because they are floundering. Um, and uh, I, I hope that Warner Brothers finds somebody palatable for them on this. Because otherwise, we're, we're, we're missing out on possible good movies like, like The Dark Knight. So, all right. That's what we've got. The share price is just stunning to me. Huh. Uh, what does everybody else think? Comments? Questions? Casual Monday? Nate, Kurt, well, what do you think on any of this? Well, I... I, I think it's just uh, the cycle in the market because I think people fail to realize before Marvel blew up, DC was the only game in town. Remember the Superman, three Superman movies? Remember the original Batman movie? Like the only superhero movie we were getting were DC movies, right? The just the really static X Men and Blade. Uh, I was just asking, <laughs> oh, is, yeah. is, is Nate really, really static here? Nate oh, is very static. I don't know why that Sorry, happened. let me. Let me switch my... Ah, sorry about that. We like to just add a little snap, crackle, and pop in the morning. Yeah. Kellogg's is, of course, a Michigan company. Enjoy it today. It's also the fourth, fifth, and sixth derivatives of speed. I don't think I understand that reference. Velocity? No, it's, it's, it's physics. Uh, yeah, in, in physics, uh, there's a velocity, acceleration, jerk, snap, crackle, pop. Okay. All right. Hopefully, so I, was, I made a physics joke. Okay. At, uh, right. Seven forty in the morning. I didn't recognize it. Okay. No problem. I did not I'm happy, I'm happy to help. House. All right, Danny. I love back. Your physics in the morning. Yeah. You guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Am, am I better now? You guys can hear me. All you right. are better. Yeah. All right. Um. No. No. What I'm saying is that um. Really, the the best movies or the only game in town was DC. I, I know you you mentioned um X Men and some other Marvel movies. But Blade. essentially, they, they weren't even really made by Marvel, weren't they made by by <laughs> discovered by um, Warner Brothers? So, so it's Marvel I, opened I, up their internal studio with Iron Man. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, I, so I'm what I'm suggesting is that I think DC had the this thing on the market. They were making all the movies. They got complacent and just started kept putting out movies just to see if they can make money. That has died out. Um, and now Marvel. Is I think has their you know their success is now coming to an end in this term until you can you know change not only the way you're thinking and we have completely lost Nate. Sorry, well, that Nate. was fun. <laughs> Sorry, Nate. I apologize. <laughs> we did lose you. It, it did sound like you were in a suspense thriller and you dropped yeah. the line as uh, as the terrorists came and and and. Uh, came oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. You're back. Good. All right. No problem. No, I think you make a good point. I, and I think you make the, the best point, which is one of the points we make in virtual legality all the time when we're talking about antitrust and market shares and things like that, which is there is a season. Um, there is a season. There really is. And it, you, you cannot take these things as static. There is a dynamism in all markets, uh, certainly entertainment, certainly technology. Um, and Nate is absolutely right. It seems when you're in it, like Marvel will never die. Like, we'll just have Marvel movies in four spots every year until we die. Uh, and that's unlikely to be the case, right? Hollywood has entire genres that have died, right? I, I, the cowboy Western of the 1950s dominated all media and then didn't. 
maybe it will be the same with the MCU. Maybe it will be the same with comic book movies. Maybe we're really into, I don't know, what would we be into next? I, I'm really worried it's going to be jet fighter movies. <laughs> Nate's coming back. <laughs> I, I, uh, I just I just hope that if it's pro-America, it doesn't inevitably get described as jingoism, because that always irritates me a little bit. When, uh, when you have these articles discussing Maverick, it's like, oh, it's just jingoism. I'm like, get lost. Just because we want to think that America isn't like the worst country on the first earth does not make it jingoistic, jerks. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I hadn't seen any kind of commentary on that from with respect to, to Maverick. But yeah, I, I, who knows what it'll be. Uh, Westerns will make a comeback, says RJH. Look at Yellowstone. Yep, Yellowstone's very, very, very popular. Yellowstone's fun. Um, is not is Nate calling in from Nakatomi Plaza? Yeah, welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> uh, please no more live act tunes. I haven't heard that the description. That's a good. It's a good reference. It's a good reference. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, I'm disappointed that we didn't get an X Men announcement. Yeah, it looks like X Men's after Fantastic Four, which is unknown question mark. Uh, who thought making Joker a musical was a good idea? I don't know. There's a Joker musical? Apparently Joker 2, which is the sequel is to... Electric Boogaloo? The musical? Yeah. Well, they, they cast Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn, I believe. And they're going to okay. make it a musical movie. Okay. That could be interesting on a lot of levels. I'm sure it'll be interesting. Um, I don't know if it'll be successful. I also don't know if Nate actually has a microphone, but we'll keep his picture up here. Yes, we do like looking at him. <laughs> uh all right, let's see here. Um, okay, well, I think we're basically done for today, folks. It does look like Snyder Cut has won out in the second poll. Um, Kurt, I, it looks like you've got something going on. If you if you shoot me a link, I might be able to hit these buttons properly to have, have a direct <laughs> redirect yes. uh, as I pull up these menus. But why don't you tell people what's going on on your channel, and I will see what I can do. Yes, well, as always, I've got lots of interesting coverage on my channel. I'm going to be posting a link right now for a U.S. Supreme Court case that I've been sitting on. So immediately following the stream, if the redirect thing works, we you never know talking, it's YouTube, folks. You never know for sure. <laughs> we'll be talking about this case called Babcock versus Kaczynski, which dealt with military technician who was trying to get retirement benefits under the Social Security Act. So it's a U.S. Supreme Court case dealing with when is a civilian? When are you military? Because he's in this sort of hybrid status where he's kind of both. And the U.S. Supreme Court has to determine whether or not he's civilian or military for the purposes of retirement benefits. Exciting and fun. Ah, you get a deep dive. So, sorry. My, my, hopefully, I'm on my computer now, so things sh I should be sounding a little bit better. All right. And yours isn't coming up, Kurt? Well, try now. Okay. Little behind the scenes action here. Yeah, I know. It's oh. super YouTube, exciting behind the scenes action. YouTube doesn't love <laughs> to do what it says it can do. No, no, it's not. It, 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 it needs work. All right. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to take this right now, Kurt, but maybe we can check on our buttons otherwise and make you can make sure you're accepting them from me. Let me see. If, <laughs> all right. Let me go into my settings and see if he's approved as a, re as a redirect. Is, you got to like check these things, man. It's such a pain in the butt. The redirect. Redirect is good, but sometimes it, it, it's wonky. So, what is it is. Word? It's not the cleanest piece of code, as I like to say on this stuff. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it, it'll get better. You know, it's it, you want to talk about competition. It's it redirect exists, I think, because it was a common Twitch feature. 
Um, yeah. And so, you yeah. know, that's they could do it just as well as that. That'll be that'll be helpful as I as I stall trying to find where the right setting is to authorize Nate, Nick. Nate, while uh, Kurt tries to find those buttons, what are you up to today or elsewise this week? Um, I'm, I'm just I'm covering a couple of stories. I'm doing the Ariel story because I asked okay. my kids, so I wanted to do that one. I'm also yeah. doing what's what's the other story I'm doing? There's another story. I'm covering a couple of I'm I'm doing the the Trump story, which is getting me killed. But the Mar-a-Lago, I, just generally, yeah. But I, I, I love the. I'm just fascinated in the um the legal aspects of the sure. search and all that because that's what I used to do, you know. Um, so that was that's interesting, and I'm also I'm sure going back. It doesn't. I'm sure the chat doesn't get all at all ridiculous about that. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it gets, it gets pretty spicy. It gets very spicy. I've, I think it's it's funny. No matter what I say, I'm called an idiot. If I say it's good, I'm an idiot. If I say it's bad, I'm an idiot. If I say I don't know, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot no matter what you think. But I, I said, you know, I'll just go into it. And the last thing I, I think it's, I think it's a very interesting story that's coming out now, is that there were some leaked emails from the Amber Heard PR team, and one of those leaked emails suggests that the NBC reporter Kat Tannenbridge, Tannenbridge, the one uh, who's been Ten Barge, yes, Ten Barge, whatever. Ten barge. She has a lot of, barge, a lot of thoughts barge. about Hogue Law, definitely. But um, but though in those emails, it suggests that she was part of a campaign to quote um, misrepresent the facts to help Amber. So that the, so she's mentioned in these emails. So I was going to cover that whether the emails are good, whether they're actual leaks. They're being reported by this site um, that's been up since '95. So we'll, we'll see. But I, I just thought it was a fascinating story, and it's interesting. The most interesting part about that story is if you look at her tweets, like the way the emails have come out. If you look at her tweets, her tweets are kind of exactly what the email is saying. You know change the narrative at this time like like it, it literally if you when you read when you look at the emails and then look at her tweets it seems like this was the plan but again you know it's all speculation unless we really know something so we'll of course see. well that sounds interesting nate absolutely uh all right kurt i did my best i, I don't know if it took or not <laughs> we'll find out i suppose it is we'll five, five seconds as we, as we learn these things the hard way uh, in any event, thank you, gentlemen, so much for hanging out with me so early in the morning. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, everybody else. We do have, I think, a couple of these I want to get. Carrie Hogue with the phenomenal success of Maverick. Do we know what happened with the Top Gun Maverick lawsuit? Uh, it was stalled. It's going to ultimately be a loser. I said it was going to be a loser when we talked about it. <laughs> um, but it has been countered by Paramount slash Skydance as uncopyrightable real world elements has been, hmm. I think, their major, their major defense. Uh, of that particular situation, I think they're right. <laughs> yeah. So I don't expect that to stop anything. Honestly, it was a big leverage threat. Nobody wanted that movie to come out of theaters or to not be sold because that's how they get paid in any event. Uh, so, yeah. Um, you can't copyright the danger zone or the highway there, too. <laughs> Kenny Loggins has different thoughts. Truffle Hound, maybe DC can join Lawyers and Dragons and bring our heroes to the big screen. That'll give them a bump in rating for sure. That's right. We can bring our crazy, somewhat uh, circuitous questing over to the DC universe. Uh, that would be fantastic. Nate, we haven't seen you on Lawyers and Dragons yet. You have any interest? Um, I, I haven't. I haven't played Dungeons and Dragons since I've, for so long. So I'm, oh. I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> I only bring on people that don't have any experience, except for Kurt, who, who rolls in and is ready to go. Uh, so yeah. no, all right. Well, oh, I, I would, I would love to. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to join. I, I just, I just, I feel like, but my experience is really, really light from like when I was like ten or twelve or something like that. So, yeah, I'm, well, you're I'm, coming into, I'm coming into it almost like a new, a new, new baby. So, 
no, that's that's exactly right. That's that's how most of us came in. Uh, Rob and Alita in particular had utterly no experience. <clears throat> Ian's our ringer, uh, and I had played back in high school. So and I'm just so happy to see all y'all. Yeah, there's that's Blackleaf right there. <laughs> the happiest you've ever seen Kurt. I, I love it. Um, in any event, all right. Well, uh, we we got uh, we got some stuff coming up. Uh, I'll, I'll be in touch. Uh, in any event, <laughs> thank you everybody uh, for for joining us today. Have a wonderful Monday. I hope this was a casual, fun way to start your week. Please do check out Kurt Dunce of a lot. You might be sent there. You might not. Please do check out uh, Nate and everything that he's doing. Sounds like he's got some uh, some spicy stuff happening on his channel that I'm sure a lot of people have very well informed takes on at all times. Uh, and everybody else. <laughs> I will see you tomorrow on Hangouts and Headlines. Might do a virtual legality otherwise today. And thank you so, so much. See you very soon.